exactly in France? Bordeaux. I'm in Bordeaux. 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 They call it Bordeaux. 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 I mean Bordeaux, which is uh, which is known for wine, which is oh. sort of Bordeaux wines are one of the best wines in the world. Bordeaux and uh, Bourgogne, Burgundy, which what we call it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what, what did you have like a connection over there since childhood? No, 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 no. It's mm -hmm. like uh, it's a funny story. I've been married to a lady from France. Okay. And she, uh, yeah, we met in India, so. So, you guys met in India. So there was a plan either we go to Germany or uh, but she had a she told me she had a job here. She should come here. But mm. uh, so she is basically she represents her father's uh, company. Okay. Uh, which is uh, they are based uh, one of the biggest filmmaking schools in Europe. Oh, that's beautiful. Film and sound make film and sound but they are the biggest. They're not one of the biggest, they are the biggest. They are in Paris, Bordeaux. Now this year they open in Lyon, next year they open in Nantes. Mm -hmm. They have approximately 2,000 students this year, next year will become bigger. So, <clears throat> so she's, she's heading Bordeaux. Okay, okay, okay. So like these students like come from outside as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah it, basically right now uh, what was happening uh, before uh, I came into your life, they were totally French oriented. You know, everything yeah. was French language. So whoever spoke French, international students, they could come and study in Paris and Bordeaux. For example, in Paris, we have about 1,400 students. Mm -hmm. The residency available, you know, hostel and everything. It's a very big campus. Even here now, the new campus is coming. So now, last year, they started converting few of the courses, like bachelors and everything, in English. Yeah. More, they're becoming more and more English to get uh, students from India or English-speaking countries to come and study. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So right now, they were focused on French. So, Are you teaching as well over there? Yes, I teach. I did. I think they just want me to be busy. That's why they they <laughs> with this these programs to teach on uh, music production on Ableton. <laughs> we were planning to open our me and my wife were planning to open our own school along with the present school mm -hmm. to uh, teach only a one year program of uh, music production, DJing, everything together. So that kind of fell apart because of COVID. Uh, yeah, because yeah. we were supposed to start this year and we were supposed to start recruiting students from early this year, which was February, March. Mm -hmm. And that's the time the COVID started. So we did not, could not do any recruitment and everything. And uh, there was a big another thing going on with the school buildings because right now where the school building is, that building would have been, I would have been, a, I, my school would have been a part of in that building. Okay. And this school would move to a very big building, which, which is under construction. So that building got delayed. This thing happened, COVID happened, so we could not recruit. So now the plan has changed a bit. So now what we're doing is, uh, which uh, we are converting, uh, creating this course for mm -hmm. two years or three years now, like a proper sound design, because we already teach sound design, right? Okay. On yeah. uh, Logic and Cubase uh, for the cinema, mm. for dance music and everything. So we are on a project which will start next year, which will be a part of. 3IS, the 3IS is a bit in the main school, it's a huge mm. one, so yeah. it's a part of, part of that only, it will be one of the courses in that. So we yeah. are working is the, is the dance music scene like pretty chill over there? Is it, how's, how's like the dance scene there? Yeah, uh, France has uh, pros and cons, France is not very good with uh, techno, if you compare it to the other European countries, like you know, yeah. 
compared to Germany, obviously, is the risk. Uh, number two is, I would say, Spain and Italy. Okay. And France is in between, and it, it is not really, uh, not really happening because France actually has a lot of influence of their own cultural music, and they have a lot of multicultural ethnic societies here. The, you know, social people, for example, from Africa, from North Africa, Arab world, uh, not many oh. nations. So, hmm. what happened that that music became a part of the culture because okay. French, for, uh, like for example, Punjabi music is a part of the culture of England. Yeah. Know? Yeah, because uh, uh, India, uh, uh, India and Pakistan were colonies, so it's like sure, a part of the yes. culture, Punjabi music. The same uh, way there's African hip-hop, rock, African uh, Arabic stuff, you know, yes. everything together, pop music, French music. So, uh, techno does not really have a big, uh, there's not enough room for techno. And French mm. are uh, a bit more, uh, they're not very, uh, they're not German, like they're not Berlin kind, they're not really, uh, they are, there is a group, there's a, there, I'm not saying there is not a group, of there course, is yes. a very, but it's a very small one, you know, the the lifestyle is a little different than mm -hmm. what you see in Germany or in Spain, they're a little bit more serious about the career, they're a bit more, a uh, uh, bit more ambitious about money, for example, French. Uh Okay, so, so, so the so, people who listen to techno are not serious about that. It's also not <laughs> the people who don't listen to techno are serious about money. People who produce music, techno music also, uh, they don't make money. Oh yeah, they don't. So, so everybody wants to be on the top. They, you know, the fashion is fashion industry. Uh, because France is more expensive than Germany to live, you know. Yeah. So people are, uh, so that where the economy is more uh, capital, uh, by capitalistic base, I would say that's right. Mm -hmm. Techno mm -hmm. underground music has uh, little scope. So, so like, how do you how do you like go about gigs and everything over there? How do I, you... I I hardly play in France. I I play, played initially for a few gigs and just for trial. And I think uh, I realized France first of all, um, except one or two gigs, I would say they were really played. Right, one was a big open air festival, which is uh, which is Bordeaux open air, which mm -hmm. was. So that was good, uh, and one more gig, I think. The rest of the gigs were like, uh, not really. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, I, th I, I think India is much more ahead. Delhi is much more ahead. Bangalore is much more ahead. Goa is much more ahead. So these mm. Indians are much more ahead in techno and underground scene than in uh, than French are. Like, you know, the way they consume music is also different. For example, mm. you go to, uh, you know, for example, you go to a, a very, Kind of a techno gig in here, which is in a club. Yeah. So see guys with the wine glasses trying to flirt with a girl. So it is like very, uh, like it's, it, it's not techno, it's not underground. Like in Berlin, for example, if you go, nobody is worried who is the next one. They don't go to flirt, for example. This is what, what I see. They don't flirt, dance floor. You understand? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a different scene. So it's much more fun for people who are, who, who, uh, who come for music who are not totally smashed on alcohol or uh, substances just to hack off enjoying it like germans i think that the berlin the people know how to how to consume, how to consume. so is it like looked down upon if you like try to float in clubs or something i don't know i'm too old i don't know I'm, <laughs> I, I, I don't no, no, I'm just asking the culture no no for, for me you no know, i think if, if for me it is like what it was in 90s in india you understand Mm -hmm. 90s in India when I was DJing at uh, places like uh, Oasis and uh, Oasis was my kind of place or Jens, uh, you know, people go to show off, people go and buy, buy book, you know, book tables and 
spend money, champagnes, you know, even Climax, <laughs> my club, club, Climax, and Cookie also, I think, must have happened. I don't remember in Cookie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is, it's a, it's a, it's a culture of uh, 90s, I would say, in India. And I'm sure there are, there are clubs in Berlin also, for example. There are, there are some pop clubs, which I don't know, which I haven't been. I think I went to once or twice to a pop club in Berlin in my whole life. Yeah. Although my, some friends who were supposed to, who wanted to party from India, I think, and yeah. Otherwise, uh, for, yeah, it's, it's not looked upon. I think it's, it's uh, as a music producer, as a DJ, I'd rather play for somebody who's, who's focused on music, and, you know. Hmm. It's, it's like it's a it's yeah a, that, a techno sort of music is meant for that yeah you, you yeah, it, it, yeah it is like because you know because techno music is not with lyrics and everything it has every yeah. little sound has its own uh, has its own impact every little activity that you create uh, a, a action you create on the uh, with the with your equipment with the effects mm -hmm. and that has its own impact and you want people to recognize it you want people yeah. to enjoy it to realize that yes, you have put an effort to create that particular sound, particular uh, atmosphere. So yeah. I've heard that like there's this form of music called French core, which is really like close to hard style music. Yeah, so yeah. is is that like really popular there in France? I think I played in one of the parties, just uh, on party uh, in the beginning of my arrival here. When I arrived here, actually. So there was this guy, and I was playing at 128 BPM, which is for me is pretty cool and pretty fast. And this guy comes in after me and plays his French core from that other city, and he was playing uh, 148, 158. <laughs> because for me, I don't have a personal taste, but it's a GABA. It's like for me, old GABA in the 90s. We had this GABA from Amsterdam, you know, GABA trance. Yeah. 70 BPM, something like that. And even uh, I hear some techno DJs here, you know, the. Uh, either they're too commercially uh, inclined towards the techno music, they, they follow those labels and the artists which they know now is like uh, a drum code kind of stuff, Nina Travis mm. or Adam Meyer, or they, they have their own little, uh, own little uh, kind of a thing which is which, which does not really uh, impress me or does not really, you know, it, I, it's, I don't find it interesting, but they have people that consume that, which is French core, which they call it. Yeah. So even the, if you see the DJs, the way they mix, a uh, few of them are really great. For example, we cannot forget that we France produced one of the le biggest legends of techno, Laurent Garnier. Laurent Garnier is from France, and there was other guy, uh, Dimitri from Paris, there was uh, somebody else in the 90s. Even David Guetta used to play very cool underground that time. Uh, mm. Yeah, I've seen couple There was some other guy, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, who passed away last year, I think. In fact, the French French do make some really cool. Uh, they're really cool producers in France. In fact, sometimes you don't even know they're French because they they, uh, they are not really they're not even France. For example, there's a. <clears throat> so how do they like go about gigs and everything like in general? Do they travel outside? Do they host their own own gigs here? I think like like any any country like any city except okay Berlin is very special. Maybe I'm spoiled by, by Berlin and I'm spoiled by my my stage which I created which I had in India with my own clubs and everything. But uh, I think everywhere is the same thing. You go for the gigs and you ask for money and you create your own parties, you create your own name, you create your own little uh, scene. I'm sure it's that. But, uh, that's how. So, 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 so I want to ask ask you like, how did you start out as a DJ producer and how is it different from when you started and 
I started in 91, I think, 90, yeah, 91, 92, I think. I started with a place called My Kind of Place in India as an mm. assistant. Yeah, I was assisting a guy called uh, Joe Azredo, who is in Bombay. Okay. Uh, in fact, before that, I was uh, I was uh, working for a few months in a place called, uh, you know, Bistro in Hoskas. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still there. As a PK, yeah, so from uh, in August till November. Ah. And uh, it was that time there were tape decks in that place, but I had learned on record players, you know, how to mix. That, that was the only place, the way to ah. mix, the new DJing. Ah. Ah. So, uh, then I found a lesser paid but uh, assistant DJ job at my kind of place, which had a, you have access to the records, you have access to the turntables, you have access to the atmosphere, and you are you're working under somebody who is uh, much senior. So, Jonas uh, Radio was my senior. <clears throat> So I learned a lot from him. We had uh, we had a very good to Even now we have one of the best friends. Actually, we talk. You know, we talk me a lot. I should get it. So we had a. <clears throat> so I started there, and then Joe left, and then I was. I think I was too. I was too young. I was. I was 19 when I started DJing. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. 1992. Right. Yeah. That's pretty young. Yeah. So I. I think I had this. This. Uh, this. And there were only five or six DJs that time. There was a guy called Sunny Singh who actually taught me how to mix. Oh, okay. So you learned it on the job. You did not. No, no. I learned it. I learned it as a private course with Sunny Singh. Okay. Okay. He lives in Canada now. He used to have this shop, Blues Music Shop. Hmm. Hmm. I don't you know about it now. So, uh, so, and then I joined uh, as an assistant officially like, with uh, to Joe's Radio at my kind of place. And there were other DJs. There was a guy called. Uh, yeah, there is a guy called Philip. Fantastic. And there was Sunny Sarid, there was Sunny Sarid who was like a legend of, uh, even now I respect him, who was one of the most popular that time, popular one that time. There were five or six DJs. And Jazzy Joe, yeah. Jazzy Joe was a DJ of... Uh, Jazzy Joe, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Jazzy was a DJ of CJs. So then, um, then I went to in and out Singapore, here, there, I was playing all over. I was, I think I was too, uh, too, in, uh, too curious to be uh the best so i i did everything and then I, one day i was picked up by uh, oasis oasis never had an individual so they picked me up all of a sudden i think and then uh, my kind of place did not want me to leave so i arranged jazzy joe to come to my kind of place then i could leave so i left uh yeah so jazzy moved from cjs to my kind of place and i could leave to go to cjs or oasis from there then it, it just took off it just mm -hmm. became a couple of years back, I went to this workshop with uh, uh, Mr. Mash, Mash Mandira. Mash, Mash, Mash is one of my students. Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> from my, my school, yeah. Ah, okay, okay. He's great, he's super, he's a very nice human, very nice DJ, he's a very good technical guy. Mm -hmm. Very down to work. So yeah, that's when I met uh, Jazzy Joe there. I <laughs> Yeah. So, like, who are your favorite musicians? Like, not not specially like techno or anything of that sort, but could be like jazz or blues or Bollywood, whatever. So, like, I, what's I I like uh, you know I grew up with stuff like Cat uh, Stevens, Percy Sledge, you know, Abba, mm -hmm. like regulars, and I in the poppy day, Time Madonna, obviously Michael Jackson, Rod Stewart, you know, Johnny Hates Jazz, all these kind of stuff, you know, modern poppy. Mm -hmm. You know all this uh, classic you know, 80s, like yeah. music. 
So I, when I started DJing, yeah, I started with music. I was playing pop music. Was techno. techno, I started playing very early actually. When I got to, I could, I could get some records from Berlin, and it was like, wow, everybody was like, oh, what are these records? When was this? When was this? In the 90s, I think the 93. 90. Yeah, it, actually from the beginning. Because when I started DJing on the records, uh, I used to have record players, and I had like I used to buy my records from Germany. Oh, so, okay. and I started bringing the records to the club, and they were like, mm. "Wow, there were not many that time. There were 20, 30 records." And then I realized, okay, because I had a, my brother still lives in Berlin, you know, mm. I had, mm. so I could get records, and I used to travel a lot. Oh, okay. I used to get records, uh, you know, before they were released. There were some Berlin DJs who were my friends, record labels who were my friends who used to give me records for free and whatever, and I used to play, and that's how I do. I had, uh, I think, uh, I was the first one to play real Berlin techno in, in India, because nobody knew how to play Berlin. Nobody knew where Berlin was till 2006 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So your brother used to be in Berlin back then, and he used to be. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Berlin, no. so Berlin. Yeah, so our brother and my godfather, so they, I, if I needed any record, I would tell them, or my friends, you know, Berlin friends, they used to DJs who are like, they used to give me records. So how did people used to react back then to techno music back in 90s? Some people liked it, you know, it was like you have 500 people in the club and then you have only 20 people, you start connecting who like that music, right? Then uh, some of the other, you know, you, you know, okay, you are not, a strange idiot who's playing this strange music that mm. 500 people do not like it, but at least 20 people who admire, who start becoming your, who, well, who start appreciating what you're doing, you're, you're trying to be different. So that's what changed. There were people, uh, I still remember there's a friend of mine, his, uh, Manish Chaudhary, for example, he, is like, he used to be there. there. And then in Oasis, I think there was a time after 2 to 3 in the night, uh, there was a whole group of these social friends of mine. I, they are still friends with each other who were like at the back of the DJ console. There was a big, mm. school, right? Uh-huh. And that time I used to start playing hard techno and trance, and then I used to go to five in the morning. And then you know that's how it grew. And these kids were already they were playing. They were uh, living in studying in England, America, all over the world, right? They used mm. to come from holidays to India, and they used yeah. to hear the same music that time in Ministry of Sound or something like that. So they were used to that kind. Of, like, <laughs> I was so cool. wow, it's only clear. And Gungu <laughs> was in Bollywood, you know. And I was, I was like, when I would start playing, it's like I would play pop music in the beginning. Then my assistant would play. Then I would take over as a techno. Like I would have, like, I got encouraged by people. So I, mm. for me, it was to play a different record. It was always a, uh, uh, always a pleasure. I have mm. it. I have it. I, I <laughs> so this was This is how it happened. And how has this feeling changed now that music is available on streaming platforms and everything? Uh, how do you feel about it? Do you do you like? Do I, you I, 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 I remember when I was uh, when the MP3 culture was starting in the beginning of 2000. Mm. I remember I used to have this camp. I started a campaign with my company and I had T-shirts saying "Fuck MP3." <laughs> <laughs> Of course, yeah, MP3 is. So MP3 was the first thing, and you know it was like, uh, but it's technology. You know you cannot. Uh, there, there is. Let's let's face the fact. It was it was getting convenient, and it was uh, getting more challenging for the people 
uh, because more and more people are coming in. The technology changed from record player, the CD players came, the CD players became the sync button came, the more effects came, the more, you know, the technology kept moving. And, kept, you know, in the beginning, the technology was like, you know, one little small little development in the technology in a DJ mixer or something would be, would take about maybe a year, for example, to change. Yeah. Now it's like at this moment you see every every twenty seconds there's a new technology developed by a certain kid, DJ equipment company or music production company on this planet. <clears throat> I saw that pendrive sort of thingy which you put on the vinyl and you can scratch. Yeah, yeah, so so it was it was a pendrive thing and then I remember uh, my friend Martin Ayer gave me uh, some CD players, Vestex CD players. So what you could do is you could connect this something kind of a hardware on your vinyl. Mm -hmm. Vinyl player, record player, so it will the rubber will move like a vinyl, and the, actually it's playing the MP3 on the CD player. So I have technology oh. also. It was like, oh god. So you know, the technology moves. Technology moves. So and technology is moving. So, uh, it's, yeah. but it's 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 easy for me for for a guy like me who was traveling a lot with records. It became easy. I think uh, in 2008 or nine, I started moved to to tractor, like you know, computer. And playing, and it, I found it very easy because I had so much music in my head, uh, which I wanted to play. And before I used to, when I used to travel to Germany or I could travel to gigs, I would take only 70 to 200 records. That much you can take because too heavy and you know difficult to transport. And sometimes you end up in a gig where your your set music is not the one perfect for the place. So, mm. and uh, and I don't, I am not the one who actually plan the. I don't plan sets. I don't plan the first track. I don't plan the last track. Oh. Okay. I know it's like I would like to play, and I see how it, how does it go with the. Even if you are like playing in a festival or something, you don't. I, I can never plan. Hmm. That's new. Well, yeah, no, but that's, I think that's that's what most of my DJs of my time possibly uh, grew up with. No planning. Maybe I don't know. At least at least I know I don't. I never we never discuss this question uh, this topic. Back in those days, but I still don't. I still do not organize my playlists, for example. Like I have. <laughs> what are you saying? No, 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 I do not. So, for example, now I I try to. Last year, I think I I tried to move from tractor to Pioneer CDJs with USB. So then I had to do that thing, and I find it so irritating to make those playlists on the you know and uh, on those record box. And then because the CDJs have to read it, so I take six, seven USBs with like double copies, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But then I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I and then I plan it A, B, C, D. So I don't know the names. I don't, I know A, B, C. A is like a, if it's a kind of a, you know, mellowish techno. B is yeah. like harder. C and D is like Okat. Then I call it Okat. My folder is called Okat. Abhi Okat. That is that is a, that is my most favorite. I try to move, go to my Okat folder as much as possible. So whenever I find so that's new, like full banger. Like. That, that's my full. That's my full. That that you know that I know this is what I enjoy playing. Yeah. And I have to somehow. Sometimes you go to a party. You know, you go you go to a club and play. Some rooms, for example, which, which you don't know of. Where you yeah. you know you know you don't know what to expect. But some rooms that I play, which is my favorite clubs in Berlin, are Sisyphus, Hanahala, for example, I know. I have to take nothing else, only my Okat folder. <laughs> Maybe Atlas also should be created. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
so so like uh, i wanted to know like why do you like do what you do by music why not anything else like lack of education is called lack of education <laughs> seriously and, you know, i i think uh, i uh, i was lucky that i could make a career out of it i, I could live a very 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 good life i could develop it further i could create something of for myself as well for this for the scene i was in so i was lucky i was actually lucky so i i and i still think i have capacity and i i have capabilities to do it but at the moment for the covid you know when things were just about to go right everything started falling apart all over the world so it's not me <clears throat> so yeah so i thought uh, yeah music is one thing you can do anywhere especially the kind of uh, career i had i was kind of quite, i'm kind of proud of it to be to a certain extent you know that I could, uh, I can survive anywhere with my music uh, knowledge and with, with my skills. So, uh, so this, yeah, this is what I can do. Mm. This is why I do it, and I still love it, and I love it. To be honest with you, I love it. I, I hate uh, moving out of studios. And I have a couch in every studio. Wherever I had my studios, I have a couch. I sometimes just sleep here. I don't even go up. I just if I if I sometimes don't to, uh, you know, I just totally. Uh, I just like to feel music and create something different and improve. Yeah. So, what's your like reason for moving? Is it personal, professional? How did you like decide that you want to move abroad? I like, I mean, move out of India. Move out of India. I was always uh, I I have a, a background to be live uh, like uh, my, spending my life in Berlin and uh, internationally, and then. I used to. I was in India till I was owning the clubs. My last club was Cookie, if you know the club. Yeah, yeah. When I shut it down, so I was there, but I was still going in and out. I did not. I did not. Yeah, you know, when the club business was going on, I did not really appreciate the way the 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 regulation rules and regulation government was behaving. You know, it was not supportive of the club business. It was not. It was uh, very. Strange. It was, in fact, before that uh, Delhi rape case, which was, you know, Nirbhaya rape case. You know, I shut my club down before that. That's why I'm very lucky. I was. That was 2012. 2012. I 2012 December it happened. I shut my club. My last my last operational day was 31st of March, which is the financial year ending of 2012. So uh, before that, I was kind of pissed off, and I said, okay, now you know, Delhi, I kind of investment of. Time, energy, and emotions are put it in Delhi. I think I'd rather be happy in Berlin. And I, I kind of started uh, uh, disliking the way the society was moving. Hmm. Social scene was moving, and the way the government was moving. It's not only the money; it was also the kind of stress you need. Know, so uh, you know, go through the same kind of effort. I will be appreciated somewhere. You have to go somewhere where you are appreciated, not where you. So I wanted to go out, and now I was lucky that I shut it down. I was like, I would say, thanks to God. There are some powers who force me to do a few things, right? And I and then people are making. I remember my comp- competition comp friends, club were making. Oh, you got scared. You're leaving India. You're, you're shutting your clubs down. And then they and they suffered. They're still suffering. And then, yeah, this is why I wanted to go. And then came uh, our beautiful BJP government, which is much more worse than ever before. The, the, uh, today, if I see the what is happening in the police. With the government regulations, everybody is failing, you know. You know. So yeah, so I, I wanted to have a, a 
balance uh, what would what, what would I use? I wanted to have a balanced logical life where human life is human life and efforts are appreciated and respected. So India is not the place. Hmm, I know. But what about people who are left behind? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh yes, I, I I really admire. I really I really pray sometimes. You know, I, I don't want to say those things, but I, I really wish and I really pray sometimes. You know, all people who are right now suffering in this industry, especially around everyone, and in this industry also, the club owners and the DJs who are trying to make an effort, who are suffering in India at the moment. Yeah. Possibly, possibly have not made even a single penny, and they have to pay. And the people working in the industry, so it's. And the government has done nothing except really, uh, you know, arranging rapes and uh, you know, uh, killing Muslims and you know, creating cow security system, whatever they do. So, uh, how did like COVID affect your lifestyle there in Bordeaux? Like, was, honest, like your lifestyle and everything. To be honest with you, I was in India and my wife just forced me last day. I had to cancel my trip to Berlin because the COVID thing has started and my brother said he possibly has COVID. So I said, okay, I will not go to Berlin. I'm supposed to play Berlin and Vienna and Munich. So I was in India, I said, okay, instead of going to Berlin right now, I'll go to France directly. So I canceled my last, last leg of my tour in March. Huh. I was supposed to come back on the 20th of March, but my wife kind of, you know, got panicky and she, I had to fly immediately. Like, uh, with was panic. this after it was declared the lockdown no, and everything? It was 16th of March. Oh, the 15th night. So 15th night because 17th March, yeah, they were they were in that uh, there was a sphere that, that there was kind of it was kind of a show. It was it was kind of show that Paris France will go into lockdown. Hmm. So I reached Paris on the 16th, six o'clock in the evening. Took a train yeah. from Paris to Bordeaux. I was on the train at 8.30, Prime Minister, uh, President Macron came and announced, okay, tomorrow morning we are shutting down after tw at 12. To do your ah. shopping, whatever. So I reached 9 o'clock at home and it was, I was like, I was in a safe place, you know, I was home. So, And uh, to be honest with you, COVID, uh, COVID has been really, really good to me. Yeah. I think um, we are blessed that uh, I'm, I'm home. As we, me and my wife, my wife was working from home because uh, she had to manage a school. I, because I was teaching, I learned, I was forced to learn, I was forced to do things which I should have done 10 years ago, like online teaching, I love it. Mm. Right? Mm. Something different, it was, initially it's because, you know, when you're 40 plus, you know the technology kind of. <laughs> I know it too. And I'm not the best with computers, I was writing emails and. So I learned that, I spent a lot of time with, uh, you know, uh, for my school project, you know, because I have to do thesis, I'm learning how to make videos, how to create, you know, whatever, the tutorials for the students. Oh, are you, are you like creating content for yeah. YouTube? No, okay. So I'm not putting on YouTube right now, but I'm creating content for my, for my YouTube tutorials and everything, for example. All this stuff, I attend, uh, I have some support from really cool, big brands of uh, analog synthesizers and instruments. They supported me. You know, we get more gear. I okay. it. and uh, yeah, I, I improved my skills in production. I'm very proud of it. I want, you know, I wanted to change also my style. Mm -hmm. So I moved to a style 
uh, which I wanted to create on my own, but I was not able to do it. There was some stupid mistakes which were coming in and out. So I spent a lot. Of, I spent a lot of time. So this uh, it has been good. I've been home. Luckily, we have a nice place. We have a garden at the back. We are in a cool city. Yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. So do you do you like play any instrument as well? Like a guitar? No, 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 no. I don't play anything. I don't even play a keyboard. If you see my my setup, I don't even have a keyboard here. I don't have a MIDI keyboard here. I have sequences. I'm not a keyboard guy, but okay, my brother-in-law is a musician. He's going to be huh. trying to do a project together with him. He's a great uh, pianist, so he taught me a few things. I don't even know. I don't even know what is what key is like. What keys are there? I just know my ear. Hmm. So it matches. If it sounds good, then it's good. sounds good. It matches in key. I know it's wrong. It's right. Whatever. So I produce it. So I, yeah. So like uh, you have an academy. What's the name of the academy? I'm sorry. But by private academy, I used to have an academy called Studio Bakers in India. If you know, oh, nice. Studio yeah. Bakers was the first teaching school technically. You know, you call this Nikki, Mash, Gaya. Uh, you know, everybody worked or learned from there, you know. Mm-hmm. And all these DJs come. So, so it was like, uh, they used to call it popcorn machine. <laughs> you know, <it's> really- <laughs> <laughs> So I must have trained about over, over 300 DJs or that. So I used to have that. And, uh, then uh, here I start. I wanted to start privately. Then I because I was not able to find job here in Bodo, and I was not because I'm a French, and I was I had this kind of a thing. I don't want to work for my wife's company or whatever. Then I started something called online the uh, Rami Sharma Sound Academy, mm-hmm. which I right now use it for yeah. online teaching. Right. <laughs> then we so we started a project last year for this school. So we today we in fact today we shut the account from we opened a company we shut the company today also because now we will become a part of the main school which is called 3 is. Okay. So the, for now it's going to happen online. For uh, for one year because three, the next the recruitments of the students the courses will start in next year where I will be. Right now I teach uh, like I do some private modules uh, some special modules at the school 3 is in Paris yeah. as. Well. Like tomorrow, I have for th- from tomorrow for three days. I'll be teaching at uh, at the school. Hmm. So, what all do you teach? Like DJing, music production, and. Uh, I I, I uh, the school is not uh, DJing. So the school is more. Uh, it's basically music production on Ableton. Mm-hmm. So I'm Ableton specialist kind of a thing. Yeah. And uh, there are different different uh, years batches. So first year I teach them the basic introduction and blah blah blah. So in the end, uh, they learn. Basic, basic about the, how to produce music on it, and then at the end of the course, they will know how to make music on the video clip on Ableton. You know, on a, on a video clip, is it? Yeah, yeah videos. Oh, okay, 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 like a background score or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. So basically, that's how that's what Ableton can do. So we, <clears throat> we put a video clip and we make music accordingly. So I teach them that. So I bring them to, to that level, and then uh, third year students, uh, I teach. Uh, uh, second year, I think I teach a little more detailed stuff, sound design a little bit here. Third year, I teach sound design as well as using analog gear, how to bring analog gear, record it, how to use, you know, all that stuff. A little more advanced. Okay. okay. So, how do like stu- uh, what do students do right after the course ends? Like, do they go to clubs and start their scene it's, or? See, uh, 3IS, it, uh, which is a uh, which is the, the company of my my wife and my father. 
they have a they have a record to give employment. They teach uh, they they teach only things where you can get employed. So oh. filmmaking and sound design. So eighty-seven point seven percent of people, students, for example, as per the as per the, the data they have, yeah. get get employed within next two months after they finish the course. That's pretty true. They have, they, have, they, have, they are very big, so the students are. So uh, they work in the different different departments from uh, uh, stage designing to the lighting designing to the movie filmmaking, direction, production, post production, video games, graphics, sound you know sound design. So so they create something like that. So the employment rate. And this is the philosophy of 3IS. They don't want to. For them, for example, acting is not does not give you 100% job. DJing does not give you 100% job. Music, you know, music design, music, uh, music production, at a higher level. Even I did like a music production degree, and then I went to film school for like couple of years. So there, I realized that if I'm not able to make money through DJing, I can rather do it films, no? Yeah, this, this, this is this is the philosophy of my father-in-law, who believes in that. He does not. He does. He got a highest award in France for this because to create employment, the highest. Yeah, no, but Bharat Ratna kehte hain yahan pe leisure dinner kehte hain. It's like a, it's the biggest highest award. So he got from the French. Yeah. So back in 2017, I started my own academy, but it boomed like miserably. <laughs> What kind of academy did you do? The same DJing and music production. So yeah. I I took like a place, a basement sort of place, and students used to come down over there. But then like in, in like a year or something, it's like they stopped coming. So I said, damn, <laughs> I got to do something else with my life now. <laughs> I I tell you one thing what happens what happens today because the competition is also high you have to have a teacher has to have a credibility of course yeah the teacher the bigger uh, you know you should you a teacher should the students have to look up to you that you are wow yeah. you are you have achieved that so you know hmm. what so, they want to do with their life you have to like that they, you should become their mentor you should become their star then only the, you know they, lot of lot of teach, lot of students come to me because of my uh, Lot of credentials, then the credentials are something you have to do. So this is what you have to do. So you have to keep evolving. So yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You were saying something. No, no, nothing. I can talk. I can talk bullshit forever. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I want to know, sir, like, if a student is starting out as 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 a as like a DJ producer, what's the most uh, common reason that they fail or? They do not achieve what they want to achieve. Uh, what was the question? What was it? Uh, Asking like if if a student is starting out as a DJ producer, what's the most uh, common reason that they fail or they do not achieve what they want to achieve with their skill? I think it's a, it's a, maybe I I had some experiences in India uh, where students have come to me, kids have come to me to become a DJ. They thought it's They came for the wrong reason. They came mm. popular and they thought it was very easy or whatever. And they came the wrong teacher because I don't uh, teach easy way. Mm. Right? Very nice. I'm very I'm very cooperative, but I teach uh, the way I learned it. For example, you know, hard way and you know, putting effort in there. If you don't put an effort in there, it will never happen. So mostly they fail there. They fail there. They they give up because it does not live up to the expectations. For example, they, what they want mm. to do, they, they don't achieve it as. And they, a lot of every young kid wants to be superstar overnight. When I wanted to be, 
But I've seen like super talented DJs who who can actually do like you know really cool stuff. They can produce great music, but still like after like couple of years when they stop getting gigs or they do not make like lot of money out of it or like to sustain their lifestyle, they stop doing it. No, or maybe it's because scene in India could be I don't know. I think the scene in India, uh, not only in India, everywhere is going to be very difficult now. Uh, it was already getting more and more difficult because the technology was becoming easier. Every second, I thought it's a DJ, and DJing became very easy. DJing is no skill now. Let's be honest. Yeah. DJing is no skill. Now the skill now now it lies with the music production, and uh, eventually music production will also possibly in ten years from now, being the digital music production will become like a heavy stuff. You know? hmm. So yeah, uh, yeah. So I think there, there's a lot of there, there. There will always be a competition, but then you have to you have to believe in yourself. You know, there like for example, there are everybody is doing business, but there are like guys one like I would not like to name him. I hate him. Location money, and there are uh, Bill Gates, and there are some big guys that do business, but they do it differently. You know, for example. So you have you have to have pa- you have to have patience, passion, which. I think that 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 would be the only reason, unless you have, uh, you don't have music in you, or you don't have that thing in you. But I think more ninety per nine percent is you do not put too much effort in it, as much required to be there. You do not have that power to sustain. Yeah. Will to sustain rather. Yes, I will get there. Yeah. So, what are some roadblocks to look out for? When you're starting out as a DJ producer, uh, roadblocks. I would say roadblocks as a DJ producer. Uh, you should dream where you want to go, but you should have patience, and you should put your foot in. Yeah, same thing. You should have patience. You should have. You should wait. You should put in effort. You know, it's like a, it will take five years to grow a tree and start mango. Mm-hmm. You, know, you plant the seed. You work hard. For example, I I started producing in 2012, I think, just after I shut down my job, properly, right? Yeah. And I okay, I was again very lucky because I had a co-producer who kind of mixed my track, Nito, and we became uh, to the big hit. Then I did my own stuff, and I there are some tracks I produced. They are horrible. They are so horrible. I don't want to even tell people. These <laughs> there are some tracks, and and then uh, yeah. You learn. You do mistakes. You get frustrated. You get, but that frustration should not let you give up. So those kind of things will happen. You know, you have technology, uh, learning something here and there. One button wrong here, then you don't understand why it is happening. It happens with me also all the time, even now. Like all of a sudden, bunk synth is not working. Everything is right. There's one one small step which I've which I've skipped. Mm-hmm. So you know, you have to have the patience. You have to have that uh, will to succeed. Do you think like it's almost like film? This DJing and music production—it's a rich man's art. Do you think? If uh, you're if you're not financially like stable, or if you come from like really, you know, poor background. Unfortunately, uh, that uh, the 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 gear costs a lot. Hmm. To be honest, with you, I'm just looking around. While I'm talking, I'm looking on my table. I think it costs. It costs a lot. It that you know, it unless yeah. It, it it is it is a slow thing. Like even now, for example, I'll be very honest with you. I'm not making money and not enough money, and I need some small cables. I need some small little organizing stands and patch bays and this, and it will cost me like two hundred euros, right? Yeah. 
I don't immediately go and buy it. I, I, I rather ha- I because I have different priorities at the moment, right? So I wait for it. I go. I struggle through it. You know, I will see. Okay, when I can afford the 200, 250 euros altogether to buy those wires and the MIDI connectors and this and that and the you know stands for my back for my thing, you know, then I will buy it. So it, it's a struggle, and you cannot. It, it, when you make money, you do it. I will not do it. I will not ask my wife or my family or my friends. Okay, so give me that money. I will do it later. I will. Not, I will do it on my own. That's the way it should be. You yeah. Know, start slow. You learn. You earn. You reinvest. Yeah. I read in a blog by Fortet somewhere that he produced his latest album only on Ableton Live, and he just had a headphone with him. That's it. A headphone and his laptop, and he created the whole album. Yeah, 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 a lot of a lot of lot of guys who are fantastic. I was watching uh, uh, some guy, which is, I don't know his name. Some, you know, he uh, he's a great producer, and he has a table which is smaller than mine. Actually, my table, if I show you my what my table is, is is actually not a real music production table. It's a it's a beer garden table, which I I kind of created for my own uh, for my to. Fulfill my own needs. So I have two beer garden tables, and then the two beer garden hob stools where everything is set up like this. And this is not a proper studio. So this is like a like a basement wine cellar of a house. I cannot do much. I just put in whatever padding, whatever I can do. We all designed for the for the wine cellar, storing wine. The proper flooring. I have a carpet here, which is so. So it's the you you. I think. Uh, It's it's beautiful also to work hard and to earn your own thing. You know, when I buy, for example, if I buy a little small little scent for hundred euros, it gives me a pleasure. Yeah. Know, rather than asking my wife, okay, give me two thousand euros, or asking my brother, or you know, taking you know, right now I'm talking about that present situation. So it, it gives me a pleasure to 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 earn that, mm-hmm. and then you value it also. Like I, I wanted to have a, a mixer, for example. Proper mixer, you know, since we'll go in, blah blah blah, and then coming to this mixer, so it was costing me like six, seven hundred euros. So the moment I got the students, okay, you don't give me the money in India, you, I sent them the link, buy this for me, this address, I got the mixer. So you know, I, I'm earning things like this. I am teaching, right, and I'm earning. Then I have this company, some uh, you know, big brands uh, who, who because of my my career, because of yeah. my brand, they give me. Uh, the instrument equipment free, like synthesizers free. I got some synthesizers free to pull around, and they want me to make videos, tutorials for them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I say I get thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand euros equipment free. Mm. But this is what I'm earning. You know, it's like yeah. a pot. I I get the equipment. I will after six months. I have to you know do something for them. I have to make a video for them. How to use this thing? How to use it my way? How to create it? And then. If they like it, they'll put it on their blog, on their on their on their own groups, for example, and utilize it to to promote their brand. Yeah. See how you want. That's nice. So, are you like a Ableton certified trainer or? I'm not. I think I, oh. yeah, I, I I'm gonna get it. I, I I'm gonna get. I'm gonna, I'm trying. Not I'm trying. I'm not even trying. Uh, I'm gonna do a very special Ableton one because for my school. I will need that kind of certification. How yeah. important is that to get the certification? I don't, know. I don't know how important is that because I, I have friends in Ableton. I have Ableton for free, for example. Uh, 
I, do, I can never pay for anything. So it's, I got it free because my friends and they're from Berlin. So, so yeah. Can, so. What do uh, they say about it? The certification program. I never asked him. I did not ask them completely. But it, I think uh, they are. There are some Ableton certificate. Like for me, okay. To be honest with you, I did not feel the need so far to get the certification because. I think when I when people see my 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 releases, my tracks on the labels I have. So, end of the day, you know, you can have a certificate or degree, and you're an idiot, you know, mm. or you don't have a degree or certificate, and you're a genius, you know. So I I think I'm on the other way, but to get a certificate, I think it's it's gonna there will be a formal test or something like that, which I think I'm very capable of. There's a friend of mine who's actually a certified trainer, so he was telling me a couple of questions, like the type of question that they ask and stuff yeah. like that. I'm saying, like, dude, it's very, like, you know, it's very oh, yeah, it's subtle and it's very. Yeah, I don't I know think, what's the word for it. I think it's not difficult. It's not difficult to get. Yeah, it's not. For a guy like me, it's, I think it should not be difficult. It will be a cakewalk. But I'm, I'm, I think I have a plan to do something uh, more than certified trainer for the label team. So. That's a tough one, but that's a challenge. Certifying, getting certified trainer, I think once I go to Berlin, I will get it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So, who are some of the coolest people to look out for online, or like for inspiration or growth in this industry, the electronic music or the dance industry? It who are some cool people to work should look out? I look up to my my friends actually. To be honest with you, I I yeah. I, I have influence of a lot of uh, DJs in my life in different aspects. For example, I have my, one of my best friends is Anicho, for example. Yeah. Yes, he in fact he is kind of he pushes me. He's uh, he clarifies things. Now I don't ask him a lot because I think I've gone beyond that stage. I have a friend Tom Wax who is my co-producer. Yeah, I heard a couple of your tracks with him. Yes. Tom Bax is like my first point of recognition of the certification I'm passed or not. So yeah. I look up to his 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 reaction of my tracks. So you know, so that is important. Then I then I look up to a guy like Dr. Mate, for example, from Love Parade. He still inspires me a lot. He's also a friend. He does, you know, he, as a human, as a as a creator. The young young I have some friends who are young in Berlin and you know, so-called cool DJs. They're not also. They make fun of him because he's very old and he's whatever. But he's this man started techno. This man started love for it. Without love for it, you know, Berlin and without you know techno would not be so big because of Doctor Without Doctor Mote. Yeah. So for me, Doctor Mote is also one of my idols. Then I have some friends who passed away, like Pastor Pius, who died. Who was my like I really loved him. His music was great. I used to play so many tracks. Met him a couple of times in Frankfurt. Mm. There's a guy called Mike Van Dyke, who also my, one of my co-producers. I like him also because he is a great. He's great with his sound design. His his ear is something so special, and he's a great. So I look up to all these guys. So and uh, as a big star DJs, I really don't listen to music from them, you know, because uh, I I get I don't want to get influenced by 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 other people's music, right? Yeah. In India, there's one guy I really, really uh, I look up to his junior, Arjun Raghu. Arjun Raghu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like him. I like his music style. He's very respectful to me. He's like, he's like younger brother. So I, I like his. He, he, he uh, kind of ignites the fire mm -hmm. for me to, to work harder. Yeah. 
I like uh, that he inspires me. The other amazing DJs out there. I would not say the other guys are bad. You know, but they have different styles and everything. And I feel uh, this uh, 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 Mr. Arjun Vagle, he's he's like very entrepreneurial also. Like he has uh, that thing. Yeah, yeah, which is good. I think I was, I was the same. I was the entrepreneur. I had my clubs. I had my business school. Yeah, had, of course. I had my my sound system rental company. I had I don't know what all. I was managing clubs. My, you know, so we were selling equipment. We were renting equipment. So everything. So you have to. You have. You know, it has to go all together. So he's doing what he has to do. What he can do. What he likes to do. But as a, as a music producer, I really like him. I really like. Mm-hmm. He has. He is. Yeah, yeah. He is. He's a. He he moved faster than I expected. So, like, if an Indian techno or a drum and bass DJ wants to move abroad and you know make a career there, so what preparation should they do to to like land over there eventually? There's this guy Ash Ash Roy is going to move to Berlin. I think he moved to Berlin a few years ago, and he yeah. I think uh, he did something. He would be the best person to tell me what preparations to do. No, not like a formal like paperwork and everything. Not that, but like musically, like to should should the guy like should build an audience already and then move there. Like building audience, audiences. Now you too. Be I, na? Facebook or SoundCloud. How many followers you have? Yeah, yeah. There was no face. There was no social media when I was when I was a star. There was no social media. There was no digital cameras. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. you know, so uh, you have to have good music and you have to. Uh, somehow, yeah. You first of all, your content has to be great. Now, what is nowadays is like yeah, as a, as a, if you want to move up uh, anywhere in the world, mm. you have to have great production because today your production can be played in France to Germany to Ghana to Colombia to India to Sri Lanka wherever in China, anywhere. So that so makes production it, production should be the uh, main focus. For production, I think, create tracks, create uh, create your portfolio. So a little personal, uh, like how has your life changed after marriage? I after marriage, yes. I think I, uh, after marriage, I think I've become more uh, sensible. Because my wife yeah. is very sensible woman. She, uh, she's very, she has no idea about techno music, but she still tolerates me. She, <laughs> <laughs> she still tolerates me, and she's very, she's very, she's not. Uh, All the time, you know, nice with words. Some, you know, when it comes to what masturbations, for example, if I, she hates my social media. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she hates your social media. What do you mean? Because my my habits of social media are right, lot of crap, and you know. Ah, oh, uh, the BJP and the yeah, yeah, I was saying. Oh, no, I think I think no. Deep inside, she understands that I am very emotionally attached to the political situation and the. So, Social conditions of India. That that I don't think. But before that, I used to write some really stupid things, which uh, which is you know which is not really French culture because my wife comes from a very educated background. They're very well educated. They run schools and everything. You know, so she's a very sensible woman. She's uh, she's amazing. So uh, she tolerates my stupidity. She has kept to to give me to give me a company in, in stupidity. She got me two cats, so I have. <laughs> so that I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you were saying something. So, do you think like record labels are really needed in for a for like a DJ producer to to get that push since everything is accessible to everyone because of? It's funny that you funny that you ask me this question for. 
25 years, I was thinking I should start a record label. I should start. A <laughs> what do you say? It was. It never. It never gave me a complete satisfaction to with answer yes I should. And I said okay, no, no, no to never record label. You don't need it because you have big uh, labels. If your if your music is good, big labels will release. Really, I <clears throat> created some music. Last two tracks, I put it on SoundCloud, and uh, I realized I don't want to give it for some reason because there were record labels. Nobody is selling, uh, taking, uh, releasing records in COVID time. Not not nobody. Not many are releasing it because it, people are not buying it. Because yeah. I released, I got released on a, a very big record label called Bush Records with Carl Cox, mm -hmm. and I think it just went because it oh, it got released on the 20th of March, the worst oh. time, ever, right? I got no feedback. I got no money. I have not even asked for it because you know what it is. I I saw very few people playing it somewhere. You know, who died? You okay on the set, radio set? Because people are not buying records. So I said, okay, this is a good time. I produced some very cool tracks, which I'm very proud of, which is totally different, mm -hmm. right? And I put them on um, on social media. Yeah. Right? And uh, they did phenomenally well. So I I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to gauge test waters how the record label will work if I start my own record label. Mm -hmm. and I think it's come to 99%. Yes, I will start a record label soon. So I was two days ago. I was thinking, okay, I was never say never. I would say never. I would never go to France. I would never get married. I got married in France, and I'm like whatever. I would never start a record label. I think I'm going to start a record label. So. So yeah, it's needed. You bunch should have a record. Yeah, yeah, because I, yeah. I and in fact, uh, after I put the track, uh, one record label, in fact, yesterday only asked me, can you just take the track off from the from the SoundCloud? I will release it from England. And I saw the record label. It's not known, but I think it has some great artists, some great music. So I don't mind it as some, you know, I saw the thing today in the morning. So quickly sending the tracks. So, mm. so maybe uh, let's see. I'm just like 99 percent. Sure, I will. I'll, I'll show you. So, I'll... so, so this record label meeting when it happens in this techno game, like, is it the same as when you go to a Z Music or a T Series? You sit with them, have a meeting, and see where it's going to go, or is it some different way that you go about it in techno music? See, uh, I, I, you know, for me, I never uh, approached record labels before in my life. Even now, I don't approach. I, yeah. uh, my co-producers, my friends, they help me. So they just say, okay, this track is good. For like, example. I was on Clink Long because Namito said, okay, I'm opening new Clink as Martin Ara, and they said, okay, we have to open electronic music. I made a track with Tom Wax, and I thought it was totally uh, kind of a okay fit track, nothing great because the bassline was off. And one day, fine day, I get a message from Tom, oh, hey, Rami, electronic uh, uh, music wants to release a track. Should I say yes? So I got on Tronic. So Bush Records, I got it thanks to Tom Bags. I then at Bluefin, Namito introduced me to Bluefin guys, and the first release on Bluefin was number one on German charts. Second release was number one on German charts. So, which was uh, which was yeah. It's, so I never approached record label. So and then initially uh, Namito and Tom, even till now, Tom actually handles the uh, contracts. I don't even look at it. So I, I get to know okay, I had this much money. Sometimes when I okay when I do a remix with the record label, they gave me the money first, you know. 
so I don't release at the moment because most of the record players are the young guys, for example. You know, mm. they can, they don't want to give the money, and I don't like to do without money because they, they don't. Is it, is it big? Is it like okay money? Like now, protect. okay, techno music is even if it's five hundred euros, for example. You know, but they should. If you, they cannot even give you five hundred euros, that means not worth it. Yeah. Understand five hundred euros plus a royalty. You know, because yeah. on five hundred euros they have to work hard. If they cannot do that, if they don't have money involved in the in the on the head, okay, they will lose that money. They will not mm -hmm. work hard. That means your record is wrong. I've done it. I've done it with one or two guys uh, like that, and I and they were good tracks. They they bombed. They did not do well because the guy was not was not interested. And they do like proper paperwork, and you can't even take your tracks off. No, 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 you ask ninety percent of the guys in India or wherever. Oh, do you get money for the record? We never made mm -hmm. money. Yeah, I I will not do so. That's one of the reasons I did it. It's like I'm not going to make money. Record labels are not going to release a track now. I wanted to release a track before second of October. Uh, I I did a track for you know against fascism. So, mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to release it before. Nobody would release it. They will not even promote it. You know, mm -hmm. I will not get them. So I rather put it free on online on yeah. And I got a fucking amazing, a much much better response than I ex ever expected. Mm -hmm. This is a, so I want to make money out of it. That's how you have to be. You have to make money. If, if somebody is telling you, okay, we don't make money and this and that, you know how the record is, that means the guy is either trying to fool you or is uh, is not capable to handle you. So apart from live gigs and this, uh, this record label distribution, what are some of the sources for the DJ producer to make some money? Apart from live gigs and this, you can you can start online teaching. You can become a sound consultant. You can do you know the music production for the, the advertisements for the jingles for the lot. There are a lot of video content which is going on. You can there was some there was some kind of a business. I don't know whether it still exists or not. You producer, but there was a business yeah. which uh, which I see some advertisement because one of the guys approached me to do that, but he kind of I think he was an idiot. So he said, okay, I produce some tracks. Hmm. I give it to him. So he will. He will have his website where people, those producers, people will come. Okay, I want to buy this track. I want to buy this track. I want to. They pay you the money, x amount of money. And they take 15% commission. That the rest of the money comes to me. I have to finish the track. I will just be at the back. I will have no name. The guy will have all the rights. Something like that. You know, you make money. Yeah, that's good business. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you know, you buy the tracks. You know, people don't have time or or uh, efforts or they don't have the knowledge to produce, so they do that. I don't know whether this business is working or not, but uh, that is one way. Teaching, opening a school, opening a nightclub, opening a, a music store or an equipment store, becoming a consultant, doing a, becoming a blogger. I think a lot of money. It's, it's music blogger. So uh, a little intense. Can we go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So share some of your biggest failures or when you had hit rock bottom. So what was that like, and what did you learn from? My biggest failure was uh, my ego is my biggest, and, and then my I'll get something else which I don't know whether I should say not. My habits of doing uh, I was I was getting carried away with some drugs in India. That was a very bad. That that I really regret. So so I kind of uh, I thought I was God's gift to mankind. So that was my biggest failure. <clears throat> And now my biggest failure here is again my ego because I I think 
I don't I didn't learn French fast enough. I'm learning French now. Now I'm making an effort to do it. So that is ego is I think the biggest failure. And uh, do they understand you though? Like, is it is English popular there? Uh, I think Bordeaux. Uh, I don't know many people here, actually, to be honest with you. But I can speak now. I can understand French when I, you know, uh, if they speak, uh, if they are, don't have, speak very fast. I understand most of it. I have a very weird, strange accent, which is Punjabi, English, German, and then I'm trying to speak French, which is kind of strange. Now you have a really nice voice, though. It's almost like a voiceover <laughs> artist. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. I so, can imagine your voice playing in a metro or something. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a very popular. I think a lot of DJs say that Saturday night, Sunday morning, and yeah. that, that's me. That's actually, I started nineteen. All my DJs follow that, and whenever sometimes somebody writes it, like, if you see my post, sometimes some people are writing Saturday night, Sunday morning, Rami Sharma, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. So anyway, forget the voice. But uh, what I was talking, what were we talking? Yeah, about? yeah. You the, the scene, the rock bottom, and you used. Yeah, so so yeah, the ego. I think ego is uh, ego is the biggest problem, and that's what we discussed. My wife was also telling me that my ego is my biggest enemy, and all my friends tell me that my ego is my biggest enemy. So I'm trying to. And it keeps popping up in front of you. Is that it, does, it does. It does. It does. It does. I cannot. And in the most can, unexpected situations. I'm I'm not aggressive when it comes to ego, but I just I just think that I don't say anything. Like if I have an ego, for example, if somebody that, you know, I I meet some guys at in in the at the bar in Bordeaux, for example, and they they talk like blah blah blah, how cool they are, the level of DJing and the level of music production is such they have no credibility and they talk like as they're the gods with mankind, and then they talk big shit and then the moment they get to see if I if they explore my Credibility, and they're like, okay, and then they, they still have that ego, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that what pisses me off. You don't know anything, you know. You're, you know. There, there was one guy I met at bar. Oh, I play at Sisyphus. I said, which club? Yeah, whatever. And then I, when he got to know, I am regular at Sisyphus. I'm almost like a resident. There. He just, uh, he was lying to his his clan in in Bordeaux. He disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know, I I hate people who are lying. I hate people who are. For me, that is it. You know. People they think they are great and they're not good. Like for example, I I make fun of that's my. That's almost like you don't like stupidity. I don't like. That's a, and then and I personally think I'm uh, I'm proud of what I know, but I'm also uh, kind of not ashamed. I make fun of my my ignorance, and I try to you know uh, become better. I try to beat myself from yesterday. What I was yesterday, I want to be better than what I was yesterday. So that's that's what my ego is. Right? Beautiful. That's, that's really beautiful. So how how long? Uh, how do I say this? How long does it take as a DJ producer to like become like a like you know be be stable in the scene or you know? How long does it take to learn the skill, be out there and? Oh, learning, learning, learning is never ending. You, I will later on show you this. I'll put the camera and show you. Learning is is does not stop. Of Learning course. does not stop. And how long does it take? I was lucky with my experience because I was uh, younger. I was more curious. I was uh, there was a less competition that time, and there was uh, pure hard work. You know, it's like you know, you break the rock, you make a glass out of it, and drink water. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Right now, it's become more difficult. It's become more complicated. Some people sham it through. Some people they're 
you know, a lot of shamers like, you know, Facebook show off and blah, whatever social media show off. They succeed. Some people who are, who are really genius, they, they fail because they are social media shy. Like, I'm social media shy, to be honest with you. Yeah? Yeah, I'm very shy. I'm, I, I hate you know, bragging about myself. So, you know. So, so I don't. So anyway, so some people are like that. So I would say uh, learning is till the last, till the last minute of your life. Of course. Last second. Yeah. Yeah. You know, depend how much you want to learn, right? How much you want to create and uh, becoming, starting making money. I would say, uh, yeah, learn. For I would say, you know, it's like a school. Spend at least a year, yeah. right? And that, that does not mean that in that year when you are learning, you go out and not try. You don't go out and try to earn money out of it. But don't go out and overcommit that. Oh, you are a great, you are this and this and that. You know, be your own judge, be your own, uh, be your own critic. The big, uh, uh, I think the biggest critic is within you yourself. You have to do that. So if you do something like that, you will learn faster. The more, the more you learn, the faster you will learn. I would say. That's that's one of the best things that I've heard since my. <laughs> I just I just <laughs> So yeah, so it's almost the end of the session. So I want to know like where people can follow you, your your see your music, listen to your music. Our music yeah. is uh, I, my release music is all on uh, all platform from Beatport to iTunes to Shazam to Spotify to wherever I don't know what other things. And uh, my SoundCloud is DJ Rami Sharma, SoundCloud, yeah. which is I put something. And Mixcloud is also there, but I don't really put much. I don't DJ uh, at home. Yeah. And, and uh, my social media is official page DJ Rami Sharma. Instagram is saying Rami Sharma. And if, if if they want to like join your academy and approach you, oh, you can. Uh, they can send me a message, and you can possibly write my no, don't write my number actually. <laughs> <laughs> Message. A lot of people follow me. Actually, my Instagram, uh, my students come from my Instagram posts. You know, my, yeah. I I think I'm trying to make an effort to focus only my music on my Instagram. So I get a lot of queries uh, from uh, for the music teaching and uh, you know collaborations on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. So that's where they should connect with you. Wherever. Just drop your message and you can. Thank you, Lee. You well? Thank you.